0: Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Do you wake up feeling like your best days have passed you by? Omega-3s are essential to the health of your body and cells. Scientists say an imbalance in the omega-3-6 ratio is a major cause of many illnesses. You need testing to know how healthy your cells are. Without testing, you're only guessing. Test yourself at home and start feeling better today. Find out how by calling Rick Kroll at 305-933-4219. Welcome to the Home Business Success Show. Join us as we speak to home business entrepreneurs for tips, tricks, do's, and even don'ts for running a successful home business. Welcome, everyone. I'm Hank Eater, also known as Hank the PR Guy, host of the Home Business Success Show, and you're listening to bizradio.us. All entrepreneurs, all the time. We'll be joining my guest right after my 2 cent marketing minute. I've talked before about using story brand framework and you'll can, you can expect to hear it from me again. Are you building a landing page? Lead with your customer's pain point and built-in solution. For example, turn school failure into success for your neurodivergent child with our proven system. That puts them into the hero category where you want them to be, and it grabs their attention with a solution to their pressing problem. There's a lot more. I'd suggest you read Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand to create landing pages and websites that will hook them every time. My guest today, Sam Leibowitz, popularly known as the Conscious Consultant, has more than 30 years of business experience and is a dynamic facilitator, mentor, speaker, and healer. Sam is a successful serial entrepreneur who has owned and operated a number of companies, making him a sought-after authority. Sam is the author of two best-selling books, including Everyday Awakening, the number one empowerment bestseller that has inspired and changed the lives of countless people. He also serves as host of the Conscious Consultant Hour, a popular radio program where he discusses personal growth, mindfulness, and spirituality. Sam is the owner of Talking Alternative Broadcasting, a media outlet that gives voice to alternate ideas, and Double Diamond Wellness, a wellness center in Manhattan. Sam has been a speaker at multiple venues in New York City, including a featured speaker at TEDx Upper West Side. Welcome to the show, Sam.
1: Uh, Thank you so much for having me on your show, Hank. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for being here. If you would, please tell us uh, simply in, in a nutshell and however you want to put that, what it is that you do.
1: <laughs> well uh that, that 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 one question could take the whole show because i do a lot of different things um but what i like to focus on right now is my role as the executive producer of talkradio.nyc, um really focusing on helping entrepreneurs and conscious professionals and business owners to get their message out to the world to tell their story like you were talking about story brand which is a wonderful book um and and help people to to really become thought leaders and to raise the awareness of their audience. So our brand brand for the station is to uplift, educate, and empower the world, our listeners. And I look for people, I love to connect with people who have a message that's uplifting, educational, or empowering in some way.
0: Yeah, if you would tell me a little bit more about Talk Radio NYC.
1: Well, Hank, as, as you very well know, internet radio has been around for decades, and and I've been running the station now for the last 13 plus years, and we're really uh, an, an online version of your traditional talk radio station. Um, except that because we do things online, we do things a little differently. We don't just stream the audio. We stream the video as well. We, we simulcast out to all the major uh, social media platforms and then we record things while they're live. And then we put out the recording afterwards as a podcast. You know, everyone thinks of podcasting these days and they think, Oh, podcasting is great. Uh, yet people don't realize that. A lot of, especially our audience, they love the live interaction, that there's still something about, even if it's recorded, as long as it's recorded live with the little flubs and the ahs and the ums in it, as long as it's not too egregious, it it makes the recordings more authentic, more real. And I think people really desire authenticity these days.
0: Yeah, authenticity is definitely in demand these days because there's so much noise out there. Yes. And then when someone finds what they think is an authentic voice, they're attracted to it and they want to they want more of it. So yeah. Um at one time you had uh, talkradio.nyc, you had it in a studio, but over time you transitioned it into a home-based business. Uh, I would assume that the pandemic had something to do with that.
1: <laughs> I think it had everything to do with it. I mean, I'm no stranger to home-based businesses. Uh, I- I've had home-based businesses in the past. I mean, back in in in, in 9-11, I was working from home, thank goodness. Um, and then uh, uh, when the pandemic came... And and I really sort of attribute this to I guess the the personal development work that I've done because and and also the fact that my wife is Chinese and we kind of knew what was going on in China before it got here. So that when the lockdown order came, and I remember that day I was in the studio, I I The the order came down from Governor Cuomo at the time. We we finished our last show on Friday afternoon. I backed up everything to the external hard drive, disconnected it, put it in my knapsack, looked around the studio and said, okay, what do I think I need to work from home? Packed in everything that I thought I needed, came home and immediately started to figure out, okay, At the studio, I have all this equipment. I have mixing equipment, compressor, and little phone system and all this stuff. How do I get all of that to work from home now? And so I had a, a new laptop I had bought just a couple of months before. And I started working with my assistant who was already working virtually for me. Uh, Emily was wonderful and she moved back to Pittsburgh um, after her internship. And I decided to keep her on because she was so good. So I was already working with people virtually. Um, and we started testing things and I was watching YouTube videos and how to get the sound as well as the music and the, 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 the audio from zoom and get it to stream out, get it to record, get it to do everything, make it sure that the host and the guests can hear the music. You know, it's just all these different technical things. And it took a bit. It, it wasn't like it just happened overnight. It took a long weekend. And at that time, our first show of the week was on a Tuesday evening. And after that long weekend of testing, you know, Tuesday morning, everything seemed good. And we launched uh, the Tuesday night show without a hitch and it was great. And so now all of my hosts were were doing it from their home. And then it really, in a way, opened me up to being able to work with people virtually around the globe. And since we've gone virtual I've had hosts from as far away as London, England, to Sydney, Australia, and all across the United States, which, you know, me being a native New Yorker, as you know, Hank, I have no problem with talkradio.nyc having hosts all over the world, because, you know, as a native New Yorker, we know New York is the center of the universe, so I'm okay (laughs) with people being all over the place. Yeah,
0: Uh, that sounds like what Woody Allen used to always tell us, You know, New York, that's that's like You know, everything else revolves around that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think your evolution was somewhat similar to the evolution of bizradio.us because our station owner, Matt Matan, he had quite the studio at one time. I had been a guest on on his own show a few times in his studio. It was a beautiful studio. And then along came the pandemic, and he started taking it home. And then I think that once you've gotten used to working from a home-based office, you know, you just have no desire to have to commute anymore. And uh, it's just not necessary.
1: Yeah, it's not necessary. Though I do have to say... I do miss a little bit of having an office and going into an office because it helped me to sort of separate work from personal life. Because when you work from home, and this is something I learned a long time ago when I first started working from home, it's like if if your work is on a computer and your computer is there sitting on the desk, you can go work anytime. And then it just in some instances can feel like you're just working all the time. And I know myself and and many of my friends and colleagues we actually worked a lot during the pandemic because once we were able to work virtually there was really nothing else to do. You know, you couldn't go out to shows, movies, whatever. You weren't really seeing people that much. So pretty much you didn't have that much to do. So what did what is our default? Work. So I do I do kind of miss having that separation a little bit. However, I wouldn't trade it for the world because now, because of this virtual work, I've been able to work remotely from other people's homes. I mean, last summer, my wife and I, because she's a therapist and she was also working remote – we spent three months on the West Coast. It was wonderful. We were house-sitting for friends and taking care of their dogs, and we were down in San Diego for a month, and we were in Berkeley for a month, and we were up in Vancouver for three weeks. I never could have done that before I started doing this virtually. I mean, it's really given us a, a, a great sense of freedom. And as I mentioned to you, I just got back from three weeks in Colorado. Now, I wasn't on vacation all that time. I was working but I was working in a beautiful environment in the smoky in the Rocky mountains. And it was just, it was just nice to have a break as much as I'm a native New Yorker. And I say, you know, bagels and cream cheese and lox is in my blood. um, I just feel the need to get a break from the city every now and then. So being able to work virtually has been a real blessing in certain ways.
0: Well, it certainly is. And, you know, as a host, I've had guests from all over the place, too. When I first started, I kind of uh, focused on the Asheville area. And then, little by little, you know, sometimes things simmer with me, you know, something that should be an obvious thought, you know, takes a little while before it germinates. And then it was like, you know, I don't have to just work in the local area. I mean, I do like to promote people in the local area. But at the same time, we could have guests from anywhere. And I have had guests from London, Australia. Uh, I think I'm going to get a guest from, I don't remember if it was India or Pakistan. Uh, Yeah, so it really opens up the world. Yes. Which is pretty amazing. Um, Let me ask you this. You work with thought leaders and you help thought leaders establish themselves as thought leaders. How do you suppose... Broadcasting, podcasting, uh, being a show host helps to establish an individual as a thought leader.
1: Well, I always like to use the example of Tony, who worked with me for over 10 years, because he was like one of my greatest success stories, because Tony was a nonprofit consultant. And he did two things for nonprofits. He did charity registration in all fifty states, and he did plan giving, which is basically like getting into the will of people so that when they pass, like they leave a bunch of money to a cha- to a nonprofit. And when he started working with me, he used to do like AV and in, in high school and, and, you know, love that stuff. And he wanted to do a show with me and he wanted to do it very specifically for small and mid-sized nonprofits. Cause he felt that the large nonprofits had the big budgets and they could hire the consultants and all these people. to to come in and tell them best practices and things, but the small and mid-sized nonprofits were really underserved and didn't have the budgets to be able to afford that kind of access to information. So he did his show specifically for small and mid-sized nonprofits, and he would bring on different thought leaders in the nonprofit space. People like um, Craig Newmark of Craigslist, and he has a a, a nonprofit uh, thing called Craig Connect. He had on – Uh, Peter Shankman, who ran the 92nd Street Y and created uh, Help a Reporter Out, Harrow, Uh, Seth Godin, and, and all kinds of other people and people whose names are not commonly known in business, but they're known in the nonprofit space. And we worked together and he followed my advice. And over time, he really started to build his reputation. He'd go to these nonprofit conferences and he'd set up his booth and he'd interview people right there in his booth. And he'd talk to the organizers and, and interview the speakers from the conference. And then, you know, he would he would give like lots of credit to the to the conference. So they'd get lots of publicity from it. And over years, he started building up and building up and building up. And then one year, he got mentioned in a nonprofit industry blog as one of the top nonprofit shows to listen to. And then the next year he got mentioned in a nonprofit blog as being a thought leader himself, which is kind of surprising because he only did two things for nonprofits. And then the following year he got mentioned in another nonprofit industry blog. That's that made him one of the top 10 thought leaders in the nonprofit space. And they said, and if you like the other nine people on our list, they've all been guests on Tony's show. (laughs) And so he became actually the number one nonprofit podcast. And not only was he number one, but he had more than double the number of subscribers on iTunes than the number two nonprofit podcast. So he was like head and shoulders above the rest. And to me, like, that's the real power. And I believe it's because he was in service. He always kept his audience in mind. He didn't make it boring. You know, he, he used to practice stand-up comedies. And, and he was very funny, the way he would be self-effacing humor in his interviews and teasing his guests a little bit. And, and he just put together something really well. And he became a thought leader. And, and what was funny was because of that reputation, he started getting calls for all kinds of things that he didn't even do. Someone call him up and say, hey, Tony, can you do a marketing plan for my nonprofit? No, sorry, I don't do that. Let me refer you to someone. Hey, Tony, can you do me a prospect research plan? No, sorry, I don't do that. Hey, Tony, no, sorry, I don't do that. And so what he did is he created this consortium of aligned professionals, and he used to refer out all this business to them for people who would come to him. And because he was referring them business, they would refer him business business. So not only did it help his reputation, it helped his brand and it helped his business. Plus he got because he was such a popular in the nonprofit space. He ended up at one point I think he had five sponsors for his show simultaneously. Like usually he had two or three after he got really up there, but but at his peak he had five. Imagine that, five sponsors at once. That's pretty darn good. So, yeah, I think that uh,
0: exposure, repeated exposure, you know, in the space where the audience is.
1: Well, it's also what what Seth Godin says, the long tail of marketing. It's not about a short, quick hit necessarily, but it's about putting out valuable information on a consistent basis. And over time, you become more and more findable. And then as more people find you, it's not necessarily about going viral, but it's about getting known. And when you do, when you add value to people's lives and people find out about you, they will share that with other people whose lives you can add value to.
0: Right. And the more others share you, of course, the more you just keep getting out there. And that makes you a thought leader whether you see yourself as the thought leader. That's the thing. Some people who were thought leaders are surprised by that because they never really thought of themselves as being thought leaders, Mm -hmm. but they consistently did things, including, as you say, which is one of the most important things, giving massive value
1: to their audience. And that never goes unnoticed. Right. And although, as you say, I work with thought leaders, I would say more, I work with aspiring thought leaders, people who want to be seen as a thought leader in some particular niche or some particular industry. And by them doing that, working with me, we can help them to accomplish that goal. But people come to me for all kinds of different things, not just for thought leadership. They use their show as a social media strategy. They use their show as a content creation strategy. They use their show as a business building tool. There are all kinds of strategies in which you can use a show to really serve your business. And especially when you're a home-based business where... You're trying to do a lot with not that much. You really want to leverage your time as much as possible. And one of the beautiful things about having your own show is you're leveraging your time because you're working not just one-on-one, you're working one-to-many. I mean, it, does it take some effort to get the word out there? Absolutely. I mean, that's why people come to me, because we handle all the technical stuff so that they just kind of show up and do their genius, arrange for their guests, do their content, and go about their day, and we handle all the technical stuff for them.
0: Yeah, that's an aspect that a lot of people have trouble with. And I know some people who are absolutely brilliant, and they say, there's two things I don't do. One is tech. <laughs> and the other is whatever that one individual. But I always hear they say there's two things. Yes. You know, one told me it was tech and math. <laughs> so they hire, you know, a, a bookkeeper and an accountant.
1: Right, right, right. Like yeah. Or tech and finances or, yeah, or exactly. tech and marketing, something like that.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, this time is really flying by. I'm really enjoying this show. And I think that you've shared a lot of really great information. If there was one bit of advice you could give to entrepreneurs about, getting themselves out there what what might it be
1: um the one thing i would say and the biggest mistake i see people making that when they're delivering a talk doing a show doing a webinar whatever it is it's always keep your audience in mind is this really serving the audience that you want to serve now you don't have to serve everybody you want to have a well-defined niche and you want to know who is really your audience who's your tribe but it, it there's an old acronym someone told me called wait why am i talking w-a-i-t and so you always want to keep in mind is what is coming out of your mouth is it giving value to the people listening, to you, to what you're saying, because so often people think they're giving value, but they're talking about stuff that actually most people don't care about. Maybe it's a little too personal, or maybe it's a little too basic, or maybe it's just not apropos for the people you want to reach. Right, or maybe it's
0: too self-serving. So, yeah, too, too much exactly. of an
1: infomercial or a commercial, and exactly. nobody cares. Exactly. They, you know, Nobody cares what how much you know until they know how much you care, right? That old there you go. I love it.
0: You know, we're we're basically out of time. So the last thing I'd like to ask you is how do our listeners get in touch with you?
1: Oh, I'm real easy to get in hold of. My email address is sam at talkradio.nyc. Or you can find me on all the major social media platforms, Sam Leibowitz, L-I-E-B-O-W-I-T-Z. You can connect to me on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, uh, YouTube. We're everywhere. All of the above. Well, thanks for
0: being here. Thanks for being here with us today. And for our listeners, tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. for the Home Business Success Show here on bizradio.us. Before I go, I want to tell you that there are some great resources available to home business entrepreneurs. You are not alone in the wilderness in your home business. The home business success community has your back. We're an online membership support community of like-minded home business entrepreneurs. Contact me to find out more. Just go to bizradio.us, scroll down to shows, find my picture, and all the contact information will be there. Remember, you can achieve success, freedom, and independence in your own home business. I've done it, Sam has done it, and you can do it too. I'll see you again next week. This is Hank Eater wishing all of you a fabulous day of home business success. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.